0: Oh, look at us. Just like old times, you guys. I feel like I'm back in the pandemic.
2: Oh, man. So I wanted to yeah, this sucks.
0: What is <laughs> up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast.
2: <laughs> Let's
0: go. Oh, my goodness. It's um, the week after the parade and the day before the draft. What the hell? That was. That's a real sharp left turn, man, we have to make here. But like professionals, we are going to make it. I'm actually very excited, guys. I'm Adam Matus. Tomorrow we do have our draft show. It starts at six o'clock. It runs all night long. We might it be running all the way through the first round, into the second round, and possibly as late as the fortieth pick. And then we're going to do, of course, our wrap up show afterward. So tomorrow, plan a few snacks, grab a few drinks, and uh, settle in with with the boys from DNBR as we cover the entire draft, fellas, like, the fellas, the fellas. And speaking the of the fellas. fellas I got the fellas with me right now. The man with the wind behind his hat,
2: Harrison Wind. I was just thinking about this. You know how Calvin Booth does his post-draft presser every year? None of these trades that we're going to talk about are completed yet. So I don't (laughs) even think he can talk about anybody that the Nuggets might pick tomorrow night. (laughs) man. It's so dumb.
0: Can we like we got to come up with some kind of way to get around this That is going to be morning. the worst
2: <laughs> press conference of all time.
0: Pretending they didn't actually trade or make picks or anything.
2: What is he going to talk about?
0: Un- unclear <laughs> at the moment. Unclear. Uh also joining the show though, headphones and all. It's Brendan Vogt. Hey guys, how are we doing? I, I I didn't think of anything today, but I'm uh, happy I'm uh, happy to be here. It really is funny seeing the old setups, though. You know, I haven't seen Harrison Wynn's setup. I haven't seen votes for a while. It really. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I don't really do have a setup. Yeah, that's, that's the, the that's the
2: idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, me either. To be honest with you, sadly. I don't do
2: shows from here anymore, anymore.
0: I know we don't do it, so why why build it? Um, I am excited for today. There's actually it's a very um, content rich. Preview of the draft tomorrow. I'm very excited for our draft show. Dev's going to bring us live in studio. Who knows? D Line Co. Maybe he even phones in from Serbia. Probably not. but who God, knows? I hope not. It would be <laughs> insane.
1: No. It would be an insane thing to do.
0: It would be pretty awesome of him to do. Um, but today we're going to be talking. Wind has made some top five lists for this draft top five defenders, top five least likely to be Cal guys, top five winners, yeah. and a few others. They're all going to be fun. We also have some storylines around the NBA, non-nugget storylines that I think are going to texture tomorrow's draft. I think, and I want to spoil the segment, I think this year's, like the next week, is going to be on the high end in terms of chaos, not the low end. I think it's going to be a, a one where we see some big names moved and some crazy things pop up that we weren't expecting, so I'm excited for that, but first, everybody... The big story today, the Denver Nuggets made another trade, the
2: second trade in the last 2 weeks. Harrison, why don't you walk us through it? Um, well, the Nuggets they traded into the first round um, today. They traded um the four, they traded their 2024 first rounder that they got uh, 2 weeks ago. And <laughs> They moved into the first round. They got picks 29. So the second-to-last pick of the first round and pick 32.
1: Right. That's what they did today. So they're left with 29, 32, and 37? That's where they sitting right now.
2: That's a lot of picks in a
0: row, man. I mean, honestly, it's a lot of stabs at sort of picking up, you know. I would say between picks 29 and 37, there's probably two and a half, two to three real players in there. I mean, does that sound fair to you guys that around there, like a little bit less than half of those guys are going to hit in, in some sure, capacity yeah. as like role players? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So should the Nuggets choose, you know, they might get three stabs at that. But I mean, vote. I'll start with you. When you saw this trade go through, three picks, three draft picks in this year's draft. Does it sound logical that the Nuggets are going to keep that? Or what was your first thought?
1: First thought was that they might not be done that it's it's a good way to restock to move up even further and i think you're definitely seeing calvin front load this thing in terms of just we'll deal with it then but right now we got to get controllable and affordable contracts in here but again i think three might be too many on the rookie deal the three rookies obviously in that range where of course at least one of them probably isn't working out so i do think that this gives them more flexibility should they want to get even higher in the first round and that's that's where I went with it right away. Yeah. What about you, Wind?
2: Yeah, that was one of my first thoughts too. And my other initial thought was Calvin definitely has a guy or two that he is lasered in on right now, and
1: lasered in on.
2: <laughs> All right, Woj. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. Um, we like we know from the draft last year, from Calvin Boots' first draft as Nuggets GM that. Like he will pick out guys and do what he needs feels needs to be done to get those guys. Like he was going to come out of the last, last draft with Christian Brown. He was going to come out of that draft with Peyton Watson. Didn't he make a um, a draft night trade or a trade like the day before the draft to move, to get the pick that eventually became Peyton Watson.
1: Correct. Right? I, th- I think it was the Jermichael Green trade, right? Ultimately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah is a very similar move to the one he just made today. So I've got to think that he's got a guy or two that he really, really likes. And um, maybe they can get them at 29 and 32. Maybe they're still going to move up. So here's the real question. I mean, when we start to game theory this out,
0: because I I mean, I, I joked at the beginning, but it's true, man, all of this is happening so quick that there's less time to really think about all of these things. I mean, obviously it's no, no secret to you guys. We've done less research than years previous about, you know, about the draft and different things. And in part, I'm almost thankful because with all these trades, it's like I you're know. scouting a different part <laughs> of the draft now. Right. But you know, how many picks do you think is too many to go into next year? Cause Peyton Watson to me is already a first round p- pick. Like, he was taken last year, red shirt. He's effectively a rookie this next year, even though it won't count as his rookie year. He's effectively a rookie. So you already have one. I think Jack White is a guy that they would probably like to bring in as an as a 15th guy, you know, the end-of-bench guy that can be in the pipeline, another guy that you would hope can kind of just move up as the years go on. So maybe he makes a second. If you hold on to Zeke Nagy, even though he's been around now for a couple seasons – you're still like, are you counting on him or not? You I don't am. want to have this stockpile of guys. You don't want another Zeke Naji who's just sitting there, not really playing minutes. So you've already got a bunch of guys there. How many guys, in your opinion, vote would be too many young guys to bring in, not counting those guys I just mentioned?
1: Well, I do think three is the, is the line. I do. Like, really? I do. I mean, I don't. The That's li- a lot. The line is dramatic, but I mean, yeah. I, I could see them whittling down to one pick they really love, right? And I think that might even be ideal, but so I, part of it, how many, when and I went through this yesterday, but I'm curious, Adam, how many of the veterans do you think would come back just in terms of roster spots and slots? Well, yeah. I mean,
0: so I was doing this as well, looking just at the depth chart and thinking like, where are you at? And there's a lot of spots open for Denver. You know, a lot of guys that they'd have to bring back. I said this earlier on locked on, they had Christian Brown, uh, Peyton Watson Colin Gillespie and then Colin of course got hurt and took himself out of that mix and he was a two-way but you basically had two rookies that were on your team on your main roster and then you had two veterans Ish Smith and DeAndre Jordan you know you played one of the rookies and you sat one of them and you kind of played both of the vets a little bit but mostly sat them as backups I kind of think that equation is going to be the same this year that they probably are going to bring in Peyton Watson, who they expect to play. You'll probably bring in a vet that you expect to play. And then everybody else will be like, we'll bring them in, but I don't know. We'll see who wins out those spots. So for me, that's why when I look at three picks, the only way I can see them using all three picks and it making sense is, one, you have a draft and stash, so a guy that naturally is not on the roster next year. And then if you make those two picks, you better have a guy that you feel confident is. hey, no, this is a Christian Brown type. Right. And I just don't know if to expect that
1: two years in a row that late in the draft to me seems a little unreasonable. To, to, to expect it maybe, but it's definitely, I think, how Calvin works a little bit. Like I'm with Wind that he's got a guy, I think. And right. he would do whatever it takes to get. He's very decisive, I think, as a GM. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I thought about with this trade is, I mean, we'll get to the Bruce
2: Brown news and – what our read is of that situation. But right. um, ideally you don't want to replace Bruce Brown with a rookie, but um, you could draft, you know, your Bruce Brown replacement with one of these extra picks too.
0: If yeah. he leaves. I mean, again, your bench at the moment of guys that are locked in Christian Brown, I feel good about, I think he's going to be very good next year. Cause I think he was solid this year and he's not going to get worse. He's going to get course. better. Of course. I feel great about it. Peyton Watson is the guy to me, you know, Calvin Booth, I know feels very confident. in him. he said that on this very show, he feels very confident in him.
2: He's unproven to me. And I next, think what, next year is all about Peyton Watson. <laughs> like that, That's the entire regular season almost. And, and as much as I agree with you,
0: we've done this a handful of times now over the years with players and said, Oh, I know what's happening next. Next year Zeke Nagy is going to be everything we've wanted him to be. And, The year after, you know, and we've had guys along the way, and I'm just looking at Peyton going, we don't know. And I don't think you can hang your title defense on don't know. I think you can hope for it and you can put yourself in position for him to earn that. But when we start to look at the bench and say, okay, who's for sure back outside of Christian Brown, I don't know that there's a solid guy. So saying, yes, we're going to draft a guy and we're going to play Peyton Watson. To me, that's giving Michael Malone two enormous question marks that, I just there's too many things that can go wrong with that big a question mark. So maybe that's the plan. But again, three guys. I think it's too many. I would be surprised if more than one of those picks turned into an actual player who had even a prayer of being on the
2: court next year. Yeah, I think two would be the magic number. And look, if you lose Bruce Brown, I think you have to replace him with somebody who's not a rookie. I agree. Like you're you're just pretty thin on the bench as it is you don't have a lot of money you can toss at guys to come here um but you will need a seasoned veteran bruce brown type to replace him if you lose him so you also have next year's pick they still have a pick for next year
0: they had two now they've got one so they have a first rounder next year to trade they also have I'd say Zeke Naji to trade. He I don't know if they're going to trade him, but he just seems to be the player that has the most trade value that's under contract. So between all of those things, you know what what's a realistic thing that could happen tomorrow in your opinion Harrison? Like you trade 29, 32 and 40 and you move up to 26. Like what is what is the package of those three? Yeah. How much does that move the needle?
2: Early 20s, probably best case scenario. 23? Yeah.
0: twenty two, twenty
2: Somewhere in the twenty-one to twenty-five range, I would think.
0: And you can get good value there. If you add a Zeke Najee, I mean, is it possible there's teams out there that value him a little bit more? So now you're talking about twenty-nine and Zeke for is it the
2: same thing? Twenty-two? Yeah. I, I don't think Zeke is moving the needle that much, if, if we're being honest. Man, I wonder.
1: I don't know. Would you agree with that vote? You don't you just don't see their it, I I wondered if it's Zeke and Picks to get up higher, but I'm with Harrison that Zeke is almost in that PJ Dozier tier of yeah. maybe in Denver, we're seeing the scraps of potential more than the league value is really reflected. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I thought about is
2: if they do have an inclination that Bruce Brown is leaving, then, you know, maybe it's Zeke plus, Two of these picks to get your Bruce Brown replacement, sure, or Zeke way. plus one of these picks to get your Bruce Brown replacement. Um, a lot of people are tossing out like Delon Wright's name because the Wizards are <laughs> having a, a fire sale. Fire there. sale, yeah. They're trading everybody, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know he he is a poor man's Bruce Brown. Um, so if you could find your Bruce Brown replacement that way you know that that could be another route if you have an inclination that he's leaving
0: would you be more surprised vote if the nuggets take all three of their picks tomorrow night or if they made some kind of trade what would be
1: more surprising to you all three picks would surprise me all three the... I, I think this was a load up to make a better deal yeah the you funny thing through. is
2: we said that last
1: season. We said that last draft. And they used and then they election. traded in to get another pick. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they also – also the thing is like I think Calvin likes that flexibility. Like he told us. He was not – he's not afraid to share. I They had to hold me back from trading up for Christian. I wanted him. Yeah. Um. So I just do think if he needs to, to stack stuff together, he will. I, I do
0: think one thing that I think is interesting, get Monte back. We all want our old guys back. Um,
2: what, what only the about, team felt the same way.
0: One thing, <laughs> and I always remember it was actually Stan Van Gundy who said this, it was very smart, but take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. But he said, Um, everybody grades trades as in like what was the value of, that went out the door and what was the value coming in. I think Calvin is a guy who very clearly doesn't care about that at all, he just cares about is my team better or worse. And so when I look at that, I do think there's a world in which he makes a trade tomorrow that we all look at and go, man, that's a lot to give up for that guy or for whatever. And then it's like, yeah, but did it make the Nuggets better? Yes. Yes. All it matters. They're champions and they're better now. So I mean, I,
1: I think whatever it takes to get another ball handler like that you trust, I think Bruce Brown replacement is ideal, but also, I mean, Bruce Brown is, is also barely an archetype. Like I'm not even sure what player, He comps to, you know what I mean? So, finding the next Bruce is tough, but I do think you need another ball handler. It shouldn't, it probably shouldn't just be Colin or Ish or whomever you may draft this year. So, that's and 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 I think Wynn might be right that your best bet at getting an impact player in that slot is trading and not not trading to move up, but trading to get that player.
0: Here's another interesting angle on it, Harrison you might bring in a veteran that competes for the minutes with Peyton Watson. But number one, we know Calvin Booth believes in Peyton Watson more than anybody on earth. I, I think like that, that's his guy. So bring, even the idea of bringing in a vet that maybe gives Malone the option to not play Peyton next year and to do this. Adam,
2: that, uh, careful, careful. What? <laughs>
0: What am I doing?
2: I mean, you know who Michael one's choosing in that scenario. Oh, of course. That's this is
0: why I, this fact. is why I'm saying it's very like Calvin both has to do what he thinks is best for the team, but also like you know, play to a coach who has right, a tendency, right. and by the way, a championship coach who has a tendency. Of course. Um, so I'm not trying to take a side on any of this. I'm just trying to present the the, the dilemma. But then there's the secondary part of: Would you draft another player? that is competing for Peyton Watson or with Peyton Watson. That to me feels equally as strange, right? I mean, it's always clunky when you have two young guys, both of them need to see the floor, both who are fighting for the minutes. You're almost certainly going to cannibalize yourself. It almost never works out that both players end up turning out to be great. So I do think that there's a weirdness when we talk about this. They're probably not going to draft a guy who's going to compete with Christian Brown for shooting guard minutes. They're probably not going to draft a guy that's competing with Peyton Watson for small forward minutes. So now we're talking about a point guard. Well, you already have Colin Gillespie. Are you counting on a rookie point guard? That's the hardest of all positions to walk in as a rookie and make the championship impact. So are you going big man, power forward, center? It almost feels like we can narrow down like the different options that the Nuggets are looking at and say, okay, I feel like if they're drafting for the next year or two, we know it's going to be a front court player. And it just feels like we can kind of start to check off boxes.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think... The luxury that the Nuggets have is 95% of the league just picks best player available. Yeah. And, but like the Nuggets, they have so many pieces and established pieces that they can they, they can be a little greedy and, and, and look for the guy that's going to fit the best, not only just around the starters, but that's going to fit well next to Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. Like, I think that should actually be a thought that the Nuggets have in this draft. Like we need a four man and a two or sorry, and a one that will complement Christian Brown and Peyton Watts.
1: I think that's the, one of the arguments for drafting a ball handler isn't okay. They're going to come in and, and run any unit, you know, in this next, in this next season, first of all, the Jamal stagger, take your drink is probably going to be featured heavily anyway. Um, but just another ball handler on the roster as insurance would be nice. But at some point, rather than having to make these front-loaded deals to keep replacing the the, the ball handler slot, maybe you can draft a guy and a guy that you trust to develop over time. And that's your longer-term answer. In a way, Bones was once viewed. Of course, it did not work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a
0: break. There's more to break down, including Bruce Brown, the latest on Bruce Brown, or what does this all mean for Bruce Brown? We'll talk about that on the other side, as well as start looking at some prospects. I know you guys did yesterday. We'll look at some more prospects as we get ready for tomorrow's NBA draft.
2: Uh, kind Love, one of the first dispensaries in Colorado. Kind Love was established in 2010, known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. Uh, kind Love, farm to table. Yes, Kind Love is farm to table, fully integrated, seed to sale. They breed their own genetics, control the grow process, and packaging. Um They're the best dispensary in Denver. So make sure to check out Kind Love. Visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR and receive the DNVR exclusive discount, which is 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their Turbo joint line. Uh, Visit their website as well, (laughs) kindlove.com, for their full menu and online ordering. But again, you can stop into one of their stores, Cherry Creek, or North Denver mentioned DNVR get the exclusive DNVR discount. That's twenty five percent off all Kind Love Flower pre rolls and their Turbo Joint line. Um, at DraftKings Sportsbook uh, this week, guys. No NBA, no NHL, obviously. Um, but you can still download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DNVR, bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got a lot of props up for the draft. You can bet on, like, the order of the top three picks. You can bet on this guy to get drafted ahead of this guy. Uh, so make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. Tons of props to bet on with the NBA draft. Uh, Baseball, you know, tons of other sports as well. Uh, Code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit thegamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown. Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888 n 897777 or visit ccpg.org. 21+. In most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And state-specific responsible gambling resources, bonus bets require or expire seven days after assurance. One boost per eligible game, often required. Max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings or at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. All right, there we go. Back here, DNBR Nuggets podcast segment two.
0: Don't forget our draft show starts tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mountain time. It's going to be a banger. Settle in. You watch it with us. Um, Let's talk about Bruce now, who elected to opt out of his player option. No surprise. He could still re-sign with the Denver Nuggets for even slightly more than if he would have just picked up his player option, so that's still on the table. But the thing that stood out to me, fellas, Woj, the way he phrases tweets – is always interesting to me. Not always what he says, but how he phrases him. Cause number one, you could usually tell who it comes from, right? It a lot of times be like, Paul George has decided to pick up his player option. Paul George, right. an impressive player by all accounts. Very impressive guy. Um, uh, So like, we, so in this one, he says the nuggets are preparing or the nuggets are preparing for the possibility of Bruce Brown leaving. It almost made me think, Hmm, I wonder, could be something, could be nothing. But what do we make of this news vote that that Bruce Brown is opting out? And then no sooner does that get announced, but we get a trade.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I do think, well, you obviously have to prepare for Bruce leaving if you're Denver. Just First and foremost, you have to have contingency plans in place, especially after the Jeremy Grant thing, by the way. Like You could have some sort of understanding of an understanding that does not shake out that way once uh, it comes time to pay up or whatever. So... Uh, I do think Denver has to prepare for him leaving. I do think him staying is on the table. I couldn't give you a percentage. You guys know I'm bad at odds, but it's on the table. Um, and, and I think, you know, Wind hit the nail on the head with, there's limited teams that have cap space. Maybe Indiana is the team to watch. And I think Bruce is going to just, just, see, just see if those teams can really pay up if it's not Detroit and Houston. And there might be a chance that coming back to Denver on uh, that new deal is his best bet
2: yeah i mean no surprise that he opt out that he opted out um but um yeah i mean bruce is just gonna have to decide like does he want the money now or does he maybe want the money later and um you know i i feel like that deal is probably out there um and yeah he's just gotta decide if he wants to leave the nuggets or not um I mean, it's, it, I think it'd be the right decision for him to take the deal. Like you can't be mad at him for it, uh, but it'd be great if he comes back. The, it's, it's weird how the order of operations happens. You know, the draft
0: is going to happen tomorrow before you have anything. I know these guys talk, right?
2: Yeah. Like, yet everybody already knows like what yeah. <laughs>
0: everybody's doing.
2: <laughs> so, you know, so who
0: knows, but I will say if you brought back Bruce, if you knew he was coming back and you have Christian there, I feel like you could get a little bit more fast and loose with the draft picks. Like that's where you can really start to prepare yourself for the upcoming years. Care, care even less about this year and just say we're going to draft a couple guys that we think are going to help us with the 3peat and the 4peat and this repeat, this next year is already taken care of. We might have to go sign one more vet or something, but it's you're mostly there. So that part of it if I knew for certain Bruce was coming back I do think that there's more of a chance that Calvin takes three guys next year and says, Hey, we're going to try to keep the pipeline full of guys that can help us in years. Maybe that's the strategy to begin with. Um, Let's get into it though. We have a couple top five lists that you put together for us, Harrison, as you've begun your um, draft analysis. I've watched about five guys. Key word, begun. (laughs) Begun. Well, you got 24 hours. Brush up, baby. Um, So let's, um, let's take a look. First of all, Calvin has said repeatedly that he likes winners, right? Christian mm. Brown This is a guy that won a high school championship, college championship. And then of course, an NBA championship. Calvin loved that about him. He's talked about guys who have won. So let's start with the
2: top five winners, Harrison. The top five winners. Well, we've got two national championship winners from this last year on this list. Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, Jr., both from UConn. We've got – why I'm Is A. this in order? Because I can't tell with the graphic is. Is Jordan Hawkins
0: your number one winner?
2: I mean, he's just the highest rated guy. So that's just the order it's in. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Where's he projected? I don't know. Jordan Hawkins. Uh, teens. Late teens. Okay. okay. So, yeah, this is just non-lottery guys, too. I didn't really look at any lottery guys. This is all after lottery. Um, But, yeah, Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, Jr., both from UConn. Um, Jaime Hawkins, Jr., a guy who's been on a lot of good UCLA teams and won a lot of games. Colby Jones. Yeah, Peyton Watson's old teammate. Colby Jones coming off an NIT championship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go. (laughs) And Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown's teammate, at uh, kansas during last
0: well, year's no, we know who wins once well also aj <laughs> Hayfley, big fan of Jalen uh, Jalen wilson the homie aj from our abs beat um he tells he tells me he's just sitting there he's available um <laughs> let's Jeff start, hasn't started yet. <laughs> let's start with jordan hawkins here just give me a quick rundown of what kind of player he is
2: uh shooter scorer uh, he's got a great three-point shot offensive guy I think he's like um, six, five, six, six. Um, okay. But I don't think he's a, a likely target just because he's more offense. But um, yeah, okay. that's him.
0: Now, Jaime Jaquez is my guy. I got to be honest here. There's two things. There's two things about him. Actually, I'll just start here. It's a fellow light skinned Latino American. I knew that was number one. <laughs> you guys know I have to go with it. His game very reminiscent of a young Adamadas, Very, very awkward. Is <laughs> very unattractive to watch it. Somehow cooks guys in slow motion with this weird, like nothing ever looks good. Like I'm watching the profiles on him, and it's like, oh, crazy ISO score. Every move is disgusting. Yeah. He wears that headband. You guys don't know this, but I used to wear a headband in high school because I need of, a
1: picture of that.
0: Uh, I, I probably have one or two I could I could cook up because a former UCLA legend Jason Capono. So Jaime Jaquez, the Adam Mata's of this draft,
2: which is why I think stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Adam, what, what you think is unorthodox and not smooth, I think is just, um, I, I look at it as a high IQ player who just knows his own game.
0: It really, I mean, it is true. This is true. But in all, in, in all sincerity, Harrison, like give us, he's 6'7". He's not... I mean, he
2: doesn't seem to be very athletic. He's just so tall, very skilled. Yeah, he's tall. He's tall, skilled, high IQ. Jonathan Gavoni on ESPN called him the highest IQ player in the draft when he was handing out his draft superlatives. Okay. And I mean, he's a projected uh, late first, but he did get a green room invite, so they they think he's going, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. in the first round.
1: Okay. What do you, have you had a chance to check him out? Well, I'm vague. He's one of the guys that I'm actually have seen before. And he just strikes me as, um, well, it's no surprise because he's in the winners uh, group here, but he plays very hard. You know what I mean? He's just one of those guys that in in a, in a kind of Brett Brown, um, (laughs) a kind of Christian way, it's like, okay, what's the skill? But it's like, it's more of, there's not a play that he's not involved in or doesn't give up on. And so that's high work rate, high effort guy. Who's the Harrison Wind of the draft? That's a good Matt question.
0: We're going to have to all
2: find our own personal comps. He's probably on the top five least likely to be cow guys list.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I, he's he, Jaime's an interesting one. I, I mean, he he does remind
0: me maybe in part of a Joe Ingles, you think about point guard. He's not really a point guard. He's more of a point forward. Would that yeah. work for Denver? Again, high IQ. He can shoot a little bit. His shot looks good. So I think it can improve. Um, let's move on to some of the other guys. Andre Jackson Jr., guys. This year's uh Jaden Springer. This is the guy that Nuggets fans all unanimously across. No, the board he's not, not Jaden
2: Springer. He's Brandon Clark of a couple Bra- years ago. Okay,
0: Brandon come on, you got the Because yeah. he
2: is the guy who draft Twitter is just head over heels for.
0: But Nuggets fans in particular, I see I mean, again these are the high IQ guys. A lot of the guys on this list. Yeah. His offense is disgusting. His numbers are unimpressive. What can you tell us about him though?
1: (laughs) Strong lead.
2: Well, I mean, some people might think his numbers are impressive, but the guy like was flirting with triple doubles, you know, throughout the tournament and throughout his season at UConn. So he, he does everything. Um, He just is a winner and contributes to like winning plays. He just makes winning plays. Um, you know, that being said, like the downside of him is he's just like not a threat yeah. individually. And it's like, how many of those guys can
1: you really have on the right. floor? Someone needs to score eventually for that bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you like, do you like him at all vote? I mean, sure. Yeah. He's the win's line was, he's a Denver nugget. I mean, he's one of those guys <laughs> that you could see playing the right way, you know, 10 minutes or whatever a night, or it would like, if, not a night, but when he gets them. You know with the Denver Nuggets, like, yeah, you they could get a lot out of him, right? Yeah, um, smart guy, a kind of guy that would do well around Jokic, not that he would play right away necessarily, but um, I, I am a little there is a part of me that wonders, like, when does this pipeline include scorers for the bench? And I thought moving on from Bones was wise, but I there's eventually I think you're just gonna want some guys that can provide some pop, mm,
0: it, yes or no, like, because I, I, I. I don't two know if it's ago, now, by the way. I would have but... been right there with you, Vote. I'm, I'm saying two months ago, I'm with you. Like, what are we doing here? And then you get to the
1: playoffs and you're like, ah, they're fine. They just need guys that can defend it. I know, level. but 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 also, like, the the recipe for surviving that in, in the regular season was like, yeah. well, we'll play Jamal 95 minutes. Yeah, tonight that is true. He'll be fine. Just so it's, I don't know if that, that time is now, by the way, but I do think that that notion sort of hangs over the the roster
0: somebody just said Andre Jackson reminds me of Lonzo ball of course my my guy Lonzo the difference is Lonzo's shot looked equally as disgusting but it always went in that was that was one of the main differences uh Colby Jones we gotta keep moving and go through a lot of guys here tell me about
2: him okay. real quick Colby Jones is um Bruce Brown he's a taller Bruce oh, wow. Brown but okay, less cool. athletic so okay. I actually like he could be your long-term Bruce Brown replacement Six six big guard um You know he he can handle the ball. He can set people up. Not like a ton of individual creation, but another high IQ guy. And then, um, well, real quick, he's mocked mocked
0: in the early first round. So he, thirty-two or forty, might he might be available there.
2: That's a guy there. Yeah, early second round, and then Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown's teammate at Kansas. He was like Kansas's best player last year. Scored a bunch, rebounded a bunch, assisted a bunch, like filled up the box score, um, has played a ton of minutes, a ton of games for Kansas. But I think people are just worried about like, what is he really good at that's going to shine at the NBA level? Okay. All right. Do you have a take on either of those two
0: guys? Just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean either. Uh, let's move on though, to our next list here. We know Cal likes winners. He also likes defense. So we got to go
2: top 5 defenders. Wind walk us through this list. Top 5 defenders. So, Cason Wallace is regarded by a lot of people as the best on-ball defender in the draft. He's a 6-4 guard from Kentucky. One and done guy. Um but, you know, he's long, 6-8 and half wingspan, pesky active defender. Um a guy that I actually think would, would fit kind of well, like with what the nuggets like out of their defenders. Okay.
0: Interesting. Do you have any takes on him here? Vote.
1: No, I really don't. I really, where's I really he projected? Don't.
0: He's about he, Gavoni has him 18. So this one yeah, would be a reach anyway. It seems like be he, a
2: trade up probably trade up. Okay. Next guy on yeah. the list. Next guy Ryan Rupert um my notes on him bad player <laughs> but 66 73 wingspan oh. um everybody's excited about this guy and his potential apparently he's a good defender now he's french but he played in australia last season um i watched one like highlight of him he airballed like two threes sick dude. he's yeah, he, he, is, he is Peyton Watson, but like worse than Peyton Watson was as a freshman at UCLA. So he's a guy who played down in New Zealand. Um, this is my least favorite. Like, I have
0: not watched a single second of this guy. But it's my least favorite thing you could say about him. You can probably just imagine. I can just <laughs> yeah. imagine. All the physical tools. Like, he should be great. He just can't do anything. Those are always, like, a, a worrisome one to me, but –
2: you know, sometimes those guys pan out. All right. What else we got? Omax. Max. Yeah. Well, Rupert's also like 19. Um, yeah. Omax. We talked about this guy yesterday. He reminds me of Jeremy Grant. Um, really just tenacious, long, active defender, lob threat. Uh, just, he's a guy who you could slot it at the four, kind of in like that Aaron Gordon role on, on both ends of the floor, I think. He seems to me like the highlights I was watching are the the
0: Spinella's video. Spinella's breakdowns, always Adam Spinella is always has the best breakdowns. He looked to me like an elite defender. Like yeah. some of the stuff I'm watching of him, I'm like, man, this guy looks like remember Tari Eason last year how much it stood out, how he could just like disrupt everything. That's kind of how Omax reminded me. Skinnier frame but just swarming.
2: Yeah. Absolutely swarming. Yeah, that's a good word to describe him. Um and then Andre Jackson on here. Our guy again. Okay, so Cal likes winners. He likes defenders. We're two for two with our guy, Andre Jackson. (laughs) And then the last guy I got in here, Jordan Walsh, who's projected second rounder, but three and D, uh, one and done guy from Arkansas, um, six, seven with a seven, two wingspan, and just like a really active defender as well. Out of Arkansas,
0: our guy Scott Hastings would approve um interesting one that's a guy projected by gavoni to go somewhere around 40 so that would be the 40th pick type guy maybe that's a guy that they take as a long-term development um could be an interesting one so there are some names for you let's take a break on the other side we got more lists to get to including top five ready
2: now uh breckner's brewery the official beer of dnvr make sure to check out the mountain beach sour from breck brew the perfect beer for the summer. If you're chilling on your patio, chilling at the park, uh, the Mountain Beach Sour from Breck Brew is the perfect beer to have on hand. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator breckbrew.com. Just type in your zip code; that tells you where you can find Breckenridge Brewery beer near you. Uh, but make sure to check out the Mountain Beach Sour. Uh, make sure you got some on deck for the draft tomorrow. Uh, we are going live 6 p.m. Mountain Time. When the draft starts, we'll be live all night, so make sure you got some Mountain Beach Sours uh, with you as well. Also, make sure to check out the good folks over at Ivy Nutrition of Wash Park. Um, they're awesome at what they do. We've all been into Ivy Nutrition. We all had great experiences there. They're super professional. They take care of you. Stop by their Wash Park location on the corner of Alameda and Downing. Anybody who mentions DNVR when you come in gets 50% off your first IV nutritional drip call them today 720-259-4404 for more information again stop by their Wash Park location corner Alameda and Downing anybody who mentions DNVR when they come in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional drip all
0: righty back here segment three DNVR Nuggets podcast and now it's time to look at the next top five top five ready
2: right now a la Christian Brown last year what do we got wind let's start with chris murray the brother of keegan murray who looks just like keegan murray and kind of plays like him too i feel like he's got the highest floor out of a lot of guys in kind of the mid first round late first round range just a really steady game
0: my favorite thing is gavoni right now mocks him to sacramento (laughs) (laughs) there's no way that's gonna happen right i mean come on but but it's at 24 so you're talking about denver not too far off you know a little bit there he's old so he's i mean is that
2: part of why you think he's ready now yeah um i think most of the guys on this ready now list are older like 22 23 years old
1: you got a chris murray take no just a question i know you said steady game but what's the what's the the what Which is the the, game? N- the number one sell, yeah. It's all around. Like,
2: he's pretty good at everything. I don't think he's elite at anything, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From Cedar Rapids, Iowa. All right. Um, who else we got on the list? Uh, we got a couple guys we already talked about. Hawkes. Let's go, Jaime. All right. Two, who, two for three. You know, he's played in a lot of big games, played in a lot of big moments. Ready to go, baby. Oh, wait. Also- in all seriousness, though, Jaime, does he play next year? If he
0: comes to Denver, does he play? I mean, is Jeff Greenback
2: or not? <laughs> That's, that means no. Okay. Uh, we got Andre Jackson on this list now, too. Another uh, upperclassman who's played in a ton of games.
0: Three, three for three, man. Three for three with Andre
2: Jackson so far. We know who wins guy is, by the way. Yeah. It's identified. Um, Trace Jackson Davis. Okay, 23 years old, four year player at Indiana started every game, I think, or most of every mostly every game throughout his entire four year career. Um, But one of the more experienced bigs in this draft, and I don't think there's many. So if you want a big man who might be ready now, Trace Jackson Davis is somebody you should look at four assists a game this last year pretty high for a center.
0: I mean, not at Jokic numbers, but that four assists is, is a well above average.
1: Yeah. He's a good passer. I really like the idea of a, of a playable big sooner rather than later. Uh, a lot of the options by the way, are like at the moment are, are guys you like for their vibes and all that. But I do think, you know, in the regular season, they did not want to go to Aaron Gordon in that, in that rotation with the second unit, I think probably did. A to save it, but B to save him, preserve him. And so at some point, you just like the point guard, I think you do need some bigs that you can play and trust a little
2: Yeah. Bit. What I don't like about Trace Jackson Davis is he's only 6'9. And 6'9, and he did not attempt a three in college. Yeah.
0: So interior player at 6'9. That is that can be tough, man. That can be really tough.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. it's not so. And good. then
0: you had Colby Jones on there as well, so he makes a second appearance. Um, all right. Uh, Now to change things up a little bit. So we have Cal guys. I do not think Calvin Booth would draft Bull Bull if Bull Bull was in this draft. (laughs) I don't think he would take Bones Highland. I don't even think he would take Michael Porter Jr., a guy, you know, like Calvin seems to be a guy that doesn't care for upside. He's looking at this era as, nope, we just need these role player guys that cover these traits. So give me the top five guys least likely to be taken by Cal so we can kind of
2: wipe them off of our, our boards. Okay, number one, and again, this is just highest projection to lowest projection. Keontae George out of uh, Baylor, who is just a inefficient score first, undersized two guard.
1: Is this just Hoopers? Is this a list of Hoopers? <laughs> this is hoopers.
2: This is a little bit Hoopers, yeah. Uh, but he's a projected first rounder. Okay. Um. Next up, a guy I actually love, Jet Howard. Great name. Maybe yeah, more of a. Maybe more of a Tim Connelly pick, but this guy's got a gorgeous jumper, but is a terrible defender.
0: Okay, but he's a right. shooter. Is he A shooter is that his? Is he's thing like a he?
2: six-seven-six-eight flamethrower shooter from Michigan?
0: Flamethrower. Yep. Okay,
2: Chet is such a great. You're right. That's a great first name. All right, throw him out. Um, Derek Whitehead. He's had two foot surgeries. You know, since his college season started. I just think the injury risk to take a guy like that in the first round is is a little much. Okay. Where's he projected? Middle first round, I think. Oh, so it's 20s. way up there. oh well, I think Gavoni has him 30. So you're right. Okay. Maybe the foot injury on a tall guy, you know, always a little scary. Okay. Uh Maxwell Lewis, he is out of pepperdine. He played on a bad team, so not a winner. And uh, streaky <laughs> offensive player. What do you mean streaky? Because he's projected 28, which is right there in the range. Yeah. Like, I think streaky shooter, questions about his defense. Played at Pepperdine, which is like smaller, smaller school. Yeah. Not really a program. You know, it's not like a history there. Yeah. Which, not, again, not, not, not sure? a winner. Not a winner. <laughs> not a winner. Okay. <laughs> oh. And then the last guy I put on here is James Najee. And the reason I put James Naji on here is because he is 18 years old and probably a draft and stash guy, a center who's really raw and needs to develop. And I put him on here because they already have one of those guys developing in Europe.
0: <laughs> so a whole new Kamagats Kamagote 2.0, right? Okay, I like it. I, I find it interesting that because I see a bunch of people, it's it's funny, man. How many people in the comments when we got to this part got upset? Like, what come they on, get upset. But but to be fair, vote, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown last year, not on people's radar. I mean, outside of you, of course, but not on most people's radar because they're not the sexy guy you get that excited for in a draft.
1: Yeah, and again, I don't think Wynn's list there was bad players. Right. <laughs> it was just guys that Calvin – not Calvin guys, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yes, absolutely. I do think it's very clear that part of Calvin's larger philosophy, philosophy at this point – includes higher floor steadier dudes fit physical archetypes because that's the that's the beauty of the tim era they hit on so many of the more roll the dice moves you just don't need to anymore and i think calvin has a firm understanding of that oh all right that's an interesting list all
0: right let's take our final break on the the other side we'll step outside of the nuggets for just a second because tomorrow might be a wild day in the association and wind also put together another top five list Guys that might be shaking up the story tomorrow. If, he, uh... if
1: we talk about Dame, I'm. Ugh. it's actually the only reason I came on the show. I can't wait to talk about it.
2: <laughs> uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Check out Shady Rays. Our friends at Shady Rays, they got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Um, just go to the Shady Rays website, scroll their website. They got tons of different styles. No matter what kind of sunglasses you like to wear, I I bet they got a style for you. They got a lot of styles that look exactly like some of the bigger brands or some of the more expensive brands, I should say, um, that you might have been buying over the years. But go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Uh, Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses rated five stars by 250,000 people. All righty, back here. Final segment here as we get ready for the draft
0: tomorrow, the NBA draft, which will take place exactly one day after the parade and roughly three days after Michael Malone got his Maxi Minor tattoo. An all-time moment from him. He's planning on being the coach for 20 years. Um, let's get into it, though. I have a feeling – it's funny we did this last week where we looked at around the association yes when we looked at the nba and we're like who are the contenders and honestly no team looked like they were ready to beat denver like every team looked like they were more than one move away now the first one's already happened with bradley beal going to phoenix so that changes some things but i think that we're not the only ones feeling this way i think a lot of gms are looking around going Time to turn time, time to make a pivot, man. Time yeah. to sprinkle some, uh, t- to try to mix a mix up here. And I think there's going to be, I don't know if it's all coming tomorrow. What do you think vote? Do you think tomorrow will be the day all these things happen? Or do you think it'll
1: be more free agency? The I think, I think things get started tomorrow. Yeah. It does sound like teams are willing to move on from draft picks right now. And I do think there are teams that probably want to have some understanding of where they've landed on the larger picture questions before they get into free agency. So I would not rule that out, man. I think we could see some big names move tomorrow.
0: So with that in mind, wind top five tradable guys. Number one. Uh Uh-oh.
1: It's Uh Damian Lillard.
2: Oh no. No, No, you didn't
1: hear you didn't hear Harrison? They're they're (laughs) not. not Wait, wait, wait. What's
2: what's what's the latest report? I didn't they're not taking any calls. They're They're not not taking any calls. Phones yeah. are shut off inside yeah. the Portland Trailblazers front office. Straight to voicemail.
0: Dude. Straight
1: to Chris Haynes.
0: What, what, are the, <laughs> what are the odds that Dame pulls a Ty Lawson tomorrow, and if they use the pick, he's like live smoking oh. hookah, like forcing his way out? i think I'm going to Miami, game.
2: bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm good in Miami. <laughs> um, but in all sincerity, look, man, we, we're laughing, but Lillard's a good player, and – Right now, he's on a team that has no shot of beating the Nuggets. No matter what they do this offseason, it doesn't seem like they're going to be in position. But if he gets traded to another team, he could tilt the balance of power, especially if it's out west. But, you know, anywhere. So it would be a big thing. Even though it's annoying, I'm with you, Vote. It still would be a big deal if he got traded in terms of the championship odds next year.
1: It's the right answer at number one. When yep. right. And it's a, it's a big – I actually disagree with you. I think the East is where he could shake things up the most. Um, yeah. But I just mean for
0: Denver, like if he gets straight into oh, Miami, I'm not going to be sitting here going like, okay, how does Denver yeah. match up? Like, you you know what? In June, I'm with you.
1: I'm with you. So right. Yeah. Out West. He look, he's, I don't think that the thing is Dame on those Portland teams was rarely, if ever enough by himself. But I think we'd be looking at a very different situation and a different equation. And I do, I do fear the way he scores with these. Yeah. Okay. Next on your list. Uh, Next on my list, DeAndre Ayton, who
2: I think could definitely get traded tomorrow. Yeah. Although one of the rumored spots was Boston, right? And they made a trade today for another big. Chris Which is is hilarious.
0: Um, I think Bill Simmons listens to the show, you guys. I think he listens to the show every day. He's a huge Jokic fan. He steals all of our takes. We know this. Come on, Bill. But here's the thing he said yesterday that I absolutely loved. And I loved it because it's something we've been saying on this show. Aiden has his issues. But doesn't he feel like the guy that everybody blames a little too much doesn't oh. he feel like he's blamed like 40% more than what he deserves for everything? Oh, he's then, the Michael
1: Porter Jr. of the
0: Suns without, vindic- without exactly. the vindication
1: tour. Yeah,
0: 100% where it's like always like, hey, we're undervaluing. And meanwhile, he's like, I don't know. We went to the finals with me. you yeah, I, I feel like I'm pretty
1: good. I <laughs> feel like
0: I'm okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I got cooked by Jokic. So does everyone. <laughs> so, I do feel like Aiton might be, I'm almost rooting for a trade. First of all, are they going to trade for another big? Or are they just going to punt on bigs? And then second of all, I'm rooting for them to trade him to somewhere like Indiana. And then he's just awesome. And they're like, oh, damn
2: it. That would be my brightest timeline. Yeah, well, it seemed like the biggest reason he was going to get traded was because the coach hated him and the starting point guard hated him. Oh, that's yeah. a good but point. now both those guys are gone. Ooh. So I wonder if there could be a, maybe a little rallying around DeAndre Ayton from – the rest of or nowhere left of the Phoenix Suns in uh in the wake of his two, you know, biggest enemies
1: leaving. They're texting him right now. We need you with us, big fella. We need you this year. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mikhail Bridges also, by the way, talked a lot of trash about him publicly. So
2: and he's also gone. So mm. maybe he's finally at home. Maybe he uh, maybe he really just does suck. Um, All right. Zion? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't like they're not gonna get a better center you know, for him, right? The, the idea is they get a couple depth depth
1: pieces. I, I, I agree with think. that.
0: Um, all right. And then you've got Zion, which is just huge, man. I mean, this one, what a crazy couple months it's been for Zion. But here's the thing. He's a great player. Another guy I just don't count on because I think there's something with him that, you know, physically and also this or that. But Zion gets moved, man, especially if it goes to any type of team that's in position to contend. I mean, he's a he's a load. Also... What does it mean for the Pelicans? Like are they – some of these rumors about trading him for the number two pick. The Pelicans giving up on this era, they were so close. They were so close? Close to what? the the plan and part of the reason part of the (laughs) reason why they were one seed in december until denver overtook them they were a good team that collapsed because
2: why did
1: they collapse part of it is is that zion doesn't play any now now we're
2: talking about the regular
1: season in december okay oh my god hey we're regular season (laughs) yeah i know it's unbelievable uh i i don't zion is a guy that i would be terrified to trade for obviously everyone knows the flyer that you're taking, but I would assume it's a big deal. I would assume it's not a Bradley Beal return. Mm -hmm. And I would be a little afraid to hand out multiple firsts for a guy. Sometimes physically things are just too good to be true. And I'm honestly not surprised that Zion has, has struggled to stay on the floor.
2: My first reaction to that rumor was I would do that trade. If I was new Orleans, I would trade him for the second pick right now, if I could. It was my hottest take last
0: summer North that Thursday. I was like, if I were me, man, that team has some pieces and you can't yeah. keep messing around with people. You don't know if they're in or out. And he, there was rumors about him wanting to leave and everything last year. I was like, get him gone. It's crazy to say, cause he's so freaking talented. These next two guys are the most interesting on the list though.
2: To me, Chris, Paul, um, yeah. there's no way he's staying in Washington. I mean, that, that seems pretty obvious and he definitely wants to wind up with one of the LA teams, um, the Clippers just made a trade today where they got Malcolm Brogdon. So I don't know if they're going to be in, in the Chris Paul sweepstakes. So maybe he's bound for the Lakers. I don't know. I
0: I think he's going to the Lakers. That would be my guess. <laughs> um, and guess. They're going to form the lamest team in the history of teams. And I can't Is that wait. a buyout? Is that a buyout? Like, what? how does that I think, happen? I, that I think
2: it's a buyout in minimum, yeah.
0: And then Paul George is an interesting one because I look at this Clippers team and I just go, sometimes it doesn't work out. And there's various reasons for it. But this Clippers team to me is like, if I were them, I would be looking forward and then towards the future. And Paul George, to me, I've long said one of the most underrated players in the game. Mentally, I don't know that he could be the number one. But if you're talking number twos, I just think he's an unbelievable fit on almost every team. He plays defense. He shoots the three.
1: He plays off ball. He plays on oh, ball. Dude. Ishby oh. is trying to figure out right now if there's any fucking chance.
0: <laughs> so why did you put him on the list? I haven't seen any rumors.
2: There was a rumor yesterday that I think from Mark Stein that the Clippers are, are thinking about, you know, potentially, maybe, possibly – taking a call about breaking up Paul Jordan. They
0: should. They They really should. should. They really should. I mean, I don't want to be that guy with the Nuggets. You can't watch Be that guy. Just Just be be that guy, man. I'm just saying, like, that organization can't look and be like, you know what? I know we've never matched up in the regular season very well, and I know they smacked us back in the bubble when they were the puppy version of this, but I think next year – we're going to all come together. Like, no way, man. They have to be looking at it and going, we don't have the horses for that fight. And what do we do now? You have to. This
1: is like the last moment to pivot for them, in my opinion. Totally. Also, you shipped out so much for Paul George that if at this point in the timeline, you could turn him into a piece you're confident about in the future, you might have to do that or, or feel good about, better about doing that. Because if you stick with these guys and you whiff, which by the way, you're going to whiff, I mean, that's, that <laughs> SGA trade is maybe number one all time. Nah, it's a, I can't give it that, but it is a, it it's, is. I a, mean, that's a bit much. I'm getting carried away, but it's, it, one it's, of the
0: it's worked out. Cause I still think it's a good trade. It just it, it's just it's a trade out. you make 10 times out of 10. You right. just rolled snake eyes, man. It's like you get a free roll and you somehow lost money on the free roll. So but I'm
1: saying, if that is a, a potential outcome on the horizon, you do have to think about pivoting while you still can.
0: Yeah. what's crazy is there's be even more deals, you know, Pascal Siakam, you know, there's, there's whatever's going on in Houston. There's just a lot of teams that Draymond green, you know, obviously rumors start to float about with him. I just feel like there's going to be a little bit of chaos going on in this draft. And totally, I'm very curious to oh, see man. another year. Like Calvin, it's funny, the front office, there's only like three or four days of the year that matter. Right. And <laughs> so with Calvin, this is, I think the third or fourth day of his, year-long tenure that actually matters and i'm just so curious to see how he navigates it all clearly seems to have a plan in place by making these early moves and i'm just so excited um to be more of a passenger in this whole thing than usual usually i'll try and like predict and go through tomorrow we'll feel a little bit like uh let's see what happens let's see what this new look nuggets team looks like uh and go from there any final
1: thoughts vote what do you guys think about porzingis to boston are they better or worse I can't care about them, man. I just can't. Yeah, you know what? That's the right answer. Who gives
0: a shit? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, well, I'll say this. I, really I think cares. it makes them more like themselves. It just makes I, I, them more like themselves. I'll, I'll I'm say in.
2: this. If I'm trying to win a championship, it's not with Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> That's my take on it.
1: Oh man. He's not, he's
2: not the missing piece. I'll tell you that.
1: (laughs) You just talked me into a a long, fun summer, dude. Uh, Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, All right, that does it for today's show guys. Tomorrow, six o'clock, we're gonna be right there at our studio, Studio A, covering the draft. We'll be in our seats for a very, very, very long time. I'm looking forward to all of it. The Nuggets, I'm still celebrating by the way. Tomorrow's just a break. I'm taking a timeout tomorrow to do the draft. Then I'm going right back to celebrate the championship. There, nobody, no, Adam Silver's not going to speed up my celebration period. I'm still in a period of celebration. Um, but tomorrow, it will be fun to see the first steps in what will inevitably be the 2024 Denver Nuggets championship run. We'll show up, share it all with you guys. Hit that like button for us on the way out.